It's because of the lockdown that uh, Josie Farah and the member for Pilbara have been very much uh, sent back to their posts only because of the threat of COVID-19. I wonder if that's been the case for Robin or maybe he just uh, chose to spend a little bit of time up there on country. Certain knows a lot about country, especially when it comes to areas around the Pilbara. He's spent a fair bit of his working days there and no doubt you, like myself, would have been horrified yesterday when you heard that news about a 47,000-year-old cave just west of... Um, Tom Price there got blown up earlier this week. It was a job done by Rio Tinto. It was supposed to be protected by the Aboriginal Heritage Act, Section 18. I also noticed uh, that there's been an announcement this morning as well with funding or funding that's been there from uh, 2014 to protect uh, sites, especially that uh, non-profitable groups uh, represent. Hello, Robin. Thanks for taking our call. Yeah, no problem, sir. Great to speak to you again, my dear. Absolutely (coughs) marvellous. And it's still raining up here in Derby, I can tell you. Oh, so you're home at at the moment. Yes. What actually happens, Parliament sits at different times in the upper house and the lower house. So while Josie's at home, and obviously correctly so, um, there are a number of members of Parliament, Josie's one of them, who actually have uh, pre-existing medical conditions which make them very susceptible Uh, should they get COVID-19. So Parliament has gone through the process of allowing certain members to go home uh, to minimise the risk to them. Um, I was at home. Uh, Now I'm back in Parliament, but our Parliament doesn't sit till next week. So it's a bit bit confusing. The upper house and the lower house sit at different times occasionally. But you're as fit as a Malibu, aren't you, Joe Robin? Yeah, well, I hope so. I'm getting on. I'm 73, but we keep going. And going, you are for it. Robin, I was horrified yesterday. A lot of people were to hear that this 47,000-year-old cave site was blown up by Rio Tinto early last week. Yeah. Uh, Look, the... I've certainly got a lot of comments to make about the process, what happened, how it happened um, at Jukun Gorge and uh, the Gurumat uh, People's Cave. But we've got to remember this is not the first time. Uh, back in... Uh, uh, when was it? Uh, I've got to just think of the date now. I think it was 1996. Uh, Hammersley Iron, which was Rio Tinto, dynamited another cave and they did that in uh, the Karajini National Park so this company's got form so 
The problem then really becomes uh, that the permit uh, was granted, the Section 18 permit to destroy or impact was granted in 2013. It was after it was granted that further survey work was done by archaeologists and the community out on country and uh, details about the values of this particular cave were uncovered. There are, through the Pilbara, a large number of cave structures, and I visited many of them, um, which have yet to be fully explored. And because certain caves have a lot of um, uh, deposit material in the base of the caves, you can dig down through that archaeologically and find artefacts, spearheads, rubbing stones, bone fragments, and you can date this material. And that was what was being done at the cave in Chukan Gorge. That had happened after the Section 18 had been granted. So it was really annoying uh, that Rio Tinto, knowing that all this extra work had been done and stuff had been found, didn't revisit their Section 18 and just used it, holus bolus, to go ahead uh, with um, uh, working on the surface above the cave. Uh, and that's r roughly what happened in, in Marindu back in the 1990s. They didn't actually destroy the cave by dynamiting it per se, but they worked all around it and made it unstable, and they did some dynamiting near it, which called the, caused the roof of the cave to fall in a little bit. So, yeah, terrible issue. But the fundamental issue is that we have this process called Section 18. The Aboriginal Heritage Act is there to protect Aboriginal heritage. When it was passed through the Houses of Parliament in 1972, it was clearly the intent was to protect uh, cultural heritage, archaeological heritage, Australia's heritage into the future. Now, I'm aware through questions that I've uh, looked back at the past and to the current day that since around about 1996, not one application by a mining company to destroy a site has been refused by the government, whether it be Liberal, Labor or whoever. The process is flawed. We have an Aboriginal Heritage Act which is there to assist miners destroying Aboriginal culture. And it, it's the nonsense. The Minister keeps talking about, oh, we're going to have a review, we're going to change it all. But the Minister has the ability the current minister, the former ministers, has the ability at any stage not to accept the recommendation that a site be destroyed. He actually has the power to say, no, you can't destroy the site. Uh, now, in this case, the decisions were made, as I say, uh, back in 2013, so it's not the responsibility of the current minister. But certainly Rio and the traditional owners... Uh, should have been going to uh, uh, Ben and sort of saying, look, we understand there's a Section 18 over this country, but we now know there's a significant cave. Whether the minister would have stopped Rio doing anything is a debatable matter. 
because no ministers ever stopped a mining company from destroying Aboriginal heritage. So, I know, I know Birchall Hayes really well. Um, he's a, a great friend of mine. I worked with him at Mount Newman Mining many, many years ago. And I can um, obviously sense the complete and utter horror he has at watching his history, his culture, his law, his religion being desecrated uh, by mining companies. But this is a really important one, but I point out that it's being done all over the state, whether it be up in the Kimberley, whether it be on the Burrup Peninsula, um, whether it be down near Kalgoorlie, Lake Kindalgooda, near Laverton, Leonora. This is important because it is a really important site. But it's just the pinnacle because all sites are being treated with exactly the same disdain by this government, uh, the former government and the mining industry. Robin, the Heritage Act is currently under review and sadly with the uh, coronavirus uh, that's been uh, delayed a uh, process till the end of the year. In fact, they've got to change it. It's outdated, yeah. come a long way since 1972. With this review put on hold, can mining companies still go in there and... Even my understanding is having, uh, having looked at the potential for the review, there is nothing in the review that I can see which would stop them doing what they currently do. So I, I have my concerns about the review. I don't think it's a panacea. It's not being supported to a large degree by the mining industry. It's not being supported to a large degree by the archaeological community. And I would point out that we haven't had enough consultation with traditional owners. So I'm glad that it's on hold because it hopefully will give us a chance to actually have a really good look at this and the communities, the Aboriginal communities, get involved in actually having some genuine input in how to protect their culture. Um, uh, David Britter, uh, uh, an eminent lawyer, many years or so ago, said that the Aboriginal Heritage Act, as implemented, was an act to appease the views of Whitefella. It had nothing to do with looking after the mob's culture. So it needs to be changed, but it needs to be changed in a way that we give supremacy to Aboriginal people to say yes or no, you can or cannot destroy our culture. If it's just another process where it's a tick box, an exchange of money and will destroy your site, I can't support it. Um, and that's where I think it's going to go. I think that's going to be the outcome, as far as I can see at the moment. So I do think we need to you know, take a deep breath and go back and have a proper consultation about the amendments. I've had meetings with the department, and I have to say that uh, I was less than impressed because... They really didn't seem to even understand how the amended act was going to work. So if we've got that level of confusion already going on at briefings, um, I'm very concerned into the future. But having said that, 
Um, currently, the situation is that if I'm a miner, I want to mine a piece of land. I put a Section 18, an application to destroy, remove, uh, or damage a site, and I know that it will be granted. doesn't matter what it is. If it, if it were in England and I wanted to do the same to the Winchester Cathedral, it would be permitted under our legislation in Western Australia because nothing stops uh, the mining industry. In fact, that was an area where I was just going to go. Would this have happened anywhere else, say, in, in Europe where there's such a cultural attachment there? Oh, absolutely. In Europe, it wouldn't be allowed. But if we had in Europe the same legislation that we've got here in Western Australia and the same application of that legislation, um, then we could destroy any of the cathedrals. We'd even have a go at um, uh, one of the castles or the Queen if we wanted to. Oh. It, it's our legislation. Um, there's an interesting point. Uh, Sandy, I go back to 1972. In 1972, people understood the value of Indigenous culture. Interestingly enough, a long time ago. And they made the point that this legislation, the Aboriginal Heritage Act, was there to protect the law and culture, um, both um, physical and abstract. So if you've got a, a dreaming site, for example, that's protected. Dreaming sites and things like that were removed from assessment during the last government. We used to have a section uh, called Section 5B of the Act, which refers to culturally important material, i.e. a, a site um, where somebody was buried, a site where... Um, we had a, a story, a dreaming point, or whatever. They were originally supposed to be covered, but uh, the administration of the Aboriginal Department, uh, by administrative decision, not by changing any law, decided that they weren't going to be protected. Um, you may remember what we call the Yinta case in Port Hedland, where that was a a cultural site. It was an area of importance. And it had been on the Aboriginal Heritage Register. The department removed it without any consultation uh, from the register and said it's no longer a site because it's just a dreaming site. Well, that, that's obscene in my view because if we understand Aboriginal culture, then we know that those sites, those birthing sites, those dreaming sites, are incredibly important to the whole community as part of their Bible, if you want to use it, that term. But uh, I have to say that, unfortunately, in recent times, and, and historically, going back to, as I say, about the mid-1990s, we've really had a lot of disdain for Aboriginal sites. I mean, we've lost 10,000 petroglyphs on the Burrup Peninsula, you know, something I'm fairly passionate about. Um, and we do it with impunity. Oh, it's just another Aboriginal carving. Who gives a... I was going to be rude there, but... Yeah, it, 
I'm really incensed by this, and we really do need to put Aboriginal culture, our culture, Australia's culture, to the forefront. We have material that nowhere else in the world has. Our culture, uh, the Aboriginal culture, goes back 40, 50, 60,000 years. You can't even remember that far in any of Europe because people weren't there. Here we have a culture that developed um, in an arid environment and developed to for a sustainable lifestyle um, and left records for us to see. And those records are globally so important. So a 46,000-year-old cave, um, the impunity of Rio, who must have known it was there because they'd been party to all the work that's being done out there, they just relied on their Section 18 application from 2013 and went, oh, we've got permit. Bang, goes the mine. Yeah, sorry, I'm angry. <laughs> I was just uh, interested also to learn that they found a plaited piece of hair in there as well, which has a lot to do with the, the dating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, I mean, we are coming up with... There's been quite a lot of work across Australia up on the Canning Stock Route. There's been some good work at some caves up there. So these caves, where you actually get a, a level of dirt, a, a, a crew on the floor of the cave, that covers over what was there previously. And so you might, in some caves, get almost a metre, two metres of soil before you get back down to the original fire heart in the cave. And that can take you back, as I say, 40,000 years. It, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if we don't come up with some caves in the not-too-distant future, which will have records um, that show we go back even further. And, and that, that's, we just don't have those records. The earliest uh, ethnographic records we have in Europe is 27,000 years at the Lasco Caves. So, you know, we're double the age of Europe in terms of un uh, uncovering of the history of Indigenous people in Australia. And, uh, yeah, so we find there's a cave that I know of um, up not far from this particular cave. It's not on the register. I was shown it by... Um, some um, people uh, from Tom Price many years ago and uh, because bats live in this cave they there's a lot of formic acid in the cave and there are old fire halves in the caves with wood still in them where people last time they had a fire before they departed that area that's still left behind um, and that cave has metres of dirt in the bottom of it. So if it ever gets explored, that will turn up an amazing amount of stuff. And it's just one of the many. One of the problems we have is that we actually don't have a record of where all this material is. Um, and invariably, we find this material when a mining company moves into the area and we are required by law, to do some heritage surveys in the area and discover what's in the area. 
and the mob come out and we have a look around and we find stuff. Uh, there are lots of areas that don't have mining tenements over them uh, where there's a lot of material uh, currently which has not yet been looked at or explored because, one, we don't have the money um, and we don't have the resources just to do this from an archaeological perspective. But when we find material, um, it should be protected. Now, unfortunately, I, I think I've already said this, I doubt whether um, this Section 18 that was established in 2013 would have been lifted by the department or the minister uh, even after the discovery of the cave because there are lots of caves that have been destroyed across Western Australia which have a similar sort of history um, and the department has always said mining comes first. If we go back to a question I asked the minister the other day which I found a really rather um, nasty answer I asked him how many sites had been destroyed since 2010 uh, through Section 18. And I think the figure was uh, 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 426. Um, and when I, uh, when I sort of asked him, you know, how did he justify this, um, he basically said, well, it really just shows how well the Aboriginal Heritage Act is working with the mining industry. That was the current minister saying that the mining industry uh, was getting the benefits of these Section 18s, so that showed how well the Aboriginal Heritage Act was working. That was an absolute nonsense answer. I was very surprised coming from a, a gentleman I really have a lot of respect for. Robin, I was surprised this morning to notice a media release from the minister with an announcement of $250,000 of support for Aboriginal heritage sites that needed walkways around, restoration, all. It sounded like all of the pretty things. What about those sites, like I said? that we don't know of. Yeah, and look, I think any money that helps protect sites is good, but 250000 in the scheme of things is uh, just a drop in the ocean. But that's, that's not protecting the sites. Um, I, I've been to sites in the Kennedy Ranges, um, which are incredible. Walls of petroglyphs, paintings, and no protection. There's no mining there, so who cares? It's only when there's mining around that they actually drop this money in to be seen to be doing the right thing. Uh, yeah, look, I'm very sceptical of the whole process. I mean, we, we, we see time and time again mining companies say, oh, we're, we're build, helping build this or we're helping build that, uh, um, a, uh, a heritage centre or um, a place where people can go and look at culture. Well, the whole country is culture. And if people want to go and see culture, they talk to the traditional owners and they go and see culture that way. 
you don't put stuff in friggin' museums and you don't sort of turn it into some spectacle. This is law and culture. Uh, and as Wilfred Hicks quite often says, it's our Bible. And we live and read it. And uh, I, I, I certainly of that view. I mean, for me, from an archaeological perspective, I have a great interest because it enables me to look back into the dawning of time and see how the Australian nation, uh, the Indigenous nation, evolved over time. We don't have that in Europe. We don't have it anywhere else in the world. So here we're showing a culture that seems to be far older than anywhere else in developing and it's really incredible to see some of the material that was done 40, 50,000 years ago uh, is in such beautiful condition compared with some of the stuff that was done a couple of hundred years ago. So we can see that our societies here in Australia, our Aboriginal societies here in Australia, were far more evolved than the societies in Europe. Robin, thank you for sharing those stories of concern with us, as many are around the country, actually horrified hearing what we did yesterday with that uh, particular story down near Tom Price and the the cave there. Thank you very much for and your look, company. Look, if, there's, if there's anything I have to say to finish, we have to remember this is the week of re- reconciliation. So on behalf of the idiots who did all this, I'll say sorry. Thank you, Robin. No worries. Look after yourself. Will do. Thanks, Sandy. Mining and Pastorals Green member Robin Chappell talking about uh, that incident Everyone's uh, talking about here in uh, WA and the rest of the country, uh, the cave that was blown up uh, just uh, west of uh, Tom Price recently and the the losses uh, perhaps now that will be a lot more difficult to find uh, since... uh, that explosion uh, took place there and of course it is reconciliation week and our thoughts go out to the traditional owners down there sandy dan with you across the country broadcasting from the studios of uh, gulari media here in broome